Well, welcome to our podcast again. You know, I am right now in the old city of Smyrna, and I'm here with a wonderful group from our church, and also a, a guide that has been telling us so much about this particular city. It is in the uh, modern country of Turkey, and uh, sitting right on the Aegean Sea, it is just beautiful here. And uh, there are some excavations that have been going on for a few years, not as much as in some other cities, but it's not a place that you want to miss if you come here, simply because it connects and has so much history, and uh, uh, there's a lot of ongoing archaeology here uh, brought to you by the current elected mayor and the people of the city and uh, you know it's all been being paid for by uh, by their money isn't that neat I like that idea of people investing in their future because this is the future of this city and uh, it, it is amazing uh, to realize you know God is always more interested in our future than he is in our past and let me run a little disclaimer here first of all there's an airplane coming over okay uh, probably uh, you know perhaps it just took off from Izmir uh, Airport and uh, uh, maybe maybe headed up to Istanbul. It's a 55-minute flight and it's a long drive. We just made the drive in the last two days. Uh, but one of the things I love, if you happen to fly this flight between Izmir and uh, um, and and uh, Istanbul, even though it's 55 minutes, they still feed you. They don't just, I mean, they throw food at you. They really do. It's a its a fun flight. And uh, anyway, uh, come go with us sometime. And if you would like to know how you can go with us on one of our trips and one of the many places that we go, you can go to cotr.com. C-O-T-R. That's for Church on the Rock. C-O-T-R.com. And uh, from time to time, we will uh, have upcoming trips and uh, opportunities, not just to come on tours, but also to go places and work in orphanages, medical clinics, feeding centers, schools, uh, and country after country after country. And you can find that you can make a living, make a life, and make a difference. Okay? C-O-T-R.com. All right. You guys ready? We're going to be reading from Revelation. Okay? How's everybody doing? Y'all been enjoying your uh, your your uh, trip, everybody? Oh, yeah. Okay. You heard that a little bit. I'm not sure that one of them enjoyed because uh, they didn't say anything but other than that. Well, <laughs> now we eat good, we sleep good, and we drive a long way. All right. Um, Revelation chapter 2. Now, uh, Smyrna figures into the Bible in the New Testament period uh, for several reasons. Uh, one of the reasons is, is because it's one of the seven churches of Asia. Uh, what, what the Apostle Paul and other evangelists and others whom uh, were sent out by God during this period to go out and evangelize and start churches, uh, the Apostle Paul initially started out going into city after city, and he would uh, first go to the synagogue in that city. And uh, because he had a connection with, with them and he was able to get up and speak, it, uh, it at times, you know, presented him an, a, a public forum opportunity or at least an opportunity to share about um, a fulfillment of a prophecy that the, the, the Jews had been believing for. And of course, the Bible says that the gospel is unto the Jews uh, first and then also to the Gentiles. Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jews first. And so no wonder he had this habit uh, on occasion, uh, you know, going to the synagogues, he would find quite a lot of controversy and, you know, even get beaten and, you know, drug out of the city and run out of the city and all kinds of things. But nonetheless, he had his conviction. And when he would go into cities, perhaps a city like this, uh, he would, uh, you know, uh, uh, attend the synagogue 
And uh, we know that's what he did in Ephesus as well. And then he would preach and teach to them and try uh, to tell them that this fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah, this fulfillment of the prophecy uh, uh, of, of, of the words and the promise that God gave all the way back to, to, to Eve and Adam and uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, that this had come to pass. And that's the reason he would, he would go there first, because they understood that these prophecies were, were, were coming to pass. You know, today we cannot imagine that, that, uh, that the Apostle Paul and the early church did not have a, a New Testament. We have the New Testament today, you know, but whenever these guys sit down, uh, whenever they sat down to write these letters, they didn't imagine they were writing a Bible. They imagined they were writing a letter. Can you imagine you writing a letter to someone about something that you saw or, you know, a, a, some event that you witnessed and later on it becoming part of a book? Or maybe later on, it actually becoming a whole chapter in the book. You know, I'm, uh, well, uh, these guys, though inspired by the Holy Spirit, and though by directed uh, by the Holy Spirit to do so, it, it 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 could not have been imagined except by revelation that one day we were going to be standing in 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 these places and reading what they wrote. For example, when we visit, uh, uh, I'm I'm talking to the group now, but uh, when we visit Ephesus together, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote the Book of First Corinthians there, but uh, this place had a great uh, a group of Jewish uh, um, people, and th there were Jews all over the world, and mainly they were involved in some type of trade or business, or uh, always something to do with uh, uh, something that was uh, um, uh, business or money related. Uh, and you still see that a lot around the world today. It has been no different uh, for generations and centuries and millennia. And so uh, the gospel would be shared first with them. And some would believe, some would not. And then normally at some point, the Christians would have to separate from the synagogue uh, because uh, the people who wanted to continue to believe that Messiah was not yet here, in fact, you know, the Jews still believe that today, then they would want to maintain their own identity, their own doctrine, their own ideology, their own worship, and the Christians would find need to separate. And many times would come into a place even like this, uh, the Agora, the public market, the public forum, where they would meet in public and from house to house, the Bible says. So they would certainly meet in houses and also in public. I was asked today, you know, uh, well, did they have church buildings and such? Well, church buildings is something that we normally see from about uh, the, the, the 300s on, uh, 400, 500 or so. You see, Christianity was not in favor with the Roman Empire after about the year 64, 65. Reason being is because uh, if you remember Nero, you know, and Rome, uh, there goes the motorcycle. If you remember Rome burning, you know, uh, I'll just tell you the quick version. Uh, go with me to Rome. I'll give you that tour as well. We uh, we 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 do those and and uh, you know and and uh, when Rome burned, uh, people accused Nero because he wanted he. He wanted that for a garden, for a big public garden, the area that burned around the Circus Maximus and such and, 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 and all the houses. Uh, but, you know, he may or may not have set the fire, but he was accused of setting it. So the only way that he could get the, the, uh, the light off of himself was to find someone to accuse. Well, just about that time, there was someone making a great argument in his courts. And the argument was being made by people like the Apostle Peter, but especially with the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was making an argument that you did not have to become a Jew to become a Christian, that being a Jew and being a Christian were two different things. You see, early on, it was thought that Christianity was just a sect of Judaism, like the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees and the Herodians and the Christians. You know, I mean, Christianity was identified with Judaism and Judaism was a legal religion in the Roman Empire. 
okay? So it, it had its protections. And the Roman Empire, you needed protections. If you were not a Roman citizen, then there were several things you could not do and several things that could happen to you. Uh, the same thing about being protected under the law. Uh, and, and Judaism was protected. But when the Apostle Paul was making his, his strong um, um, uh, testimony and a strong case that Jew and Judaism and Christianity were two different uh, forms of worshiping the same God, but Christianity was not relegated or subjugated to Judaism. Then when Nero and the Roman government finally said, oh, we see, all of a sudden Christianity came out from under Judaism, which it needed to, but it became an illegal religion, okay? Uh, I mean, it, it, you didn't have a certificate, you know? Uh, some of you maybe uh, have gone to Russia with, with me or, or gone to Russia for me. And uh, you know, uh, when we first started going to Russia, eh, you know, you could do anything there. Uh, you know, now when I go, I was just there just, just a couple of months ago, I had to have a religious visa which took months to get in order for me to speak in public. You know, and I was going there to hold a, 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 a big church and pastor's conference, but it took months. And then the government came and watched me and they tried to shut us down three times just two months ago because uh, they're trying their best to make sure that no foreign religious influence comes into the country and, uh, uh, and they are counting it illegal. It would have been illegal, it, you know, it would be illegal for you today to go and to speak, even get up and speak in a church even. You can't even do that. Uh, the church would be shut down and they would be disbanded because uh, if you said anything about Jesus today, it's, it's just amazing. And that's happened in the space of 23 years. Uh, well, actually in the space of, you know, a shorter period of time, 20 years, because this is not the first religious visa I've had to get over the years. And, uh, you know, uh, when you fall into disfavor as a, as a, as a, as a religion uh, or as a group, uh, Christianity was considered no more than a terrorist group in the Roman Empire. So that Nero, do you remember what Nero did? Nero took Christians there in Rome and he took uh, poles like fence posts and he stuck them on the fence posts, impaled them and, and, and doused them and, and covered them and wrapped them in flammable material and set them on fire and put them as lamps in his garden so that uh, he could impress people with Christians being on fire. Why? Because he blamed them for burning Rome. He blamed them for everything in the Roman Empire. And so that's one of the reasons, uh, you know, uh, uh, why after we get past about the year 64, 65, 66, we could find that Christians could not really uh, expect to have a a building that the community or that the, the that the community had to put up with or that the city government or the Roman government was willing to endure or recognize. And so they often had to meet in secret like we're doing in China. I don't, have any of you go with me to China? Okay, uh, like, like, like we do in China. Uh, you know, uh, meeting in, in secret in house churches, uh, very secret, you know, meetings. And uh, that's what they had to start doing. So uh, we get to the year 103. A.D. You heard us talk about Polycarp earlier. You remember Polycarp? Uh, Polycarp was one of the early church fathers. Uh, Polycarp was uh, martyred in Pergamos, which is just a little north of Smyrna, one of the, of, of the seven churches as well, in the year 156. But Polycarp was the bishop 
of this city, okay? And while he was here, one of the early church fathers, Ignatius, I don't know if you've ever heard about Ignatius or not, but Ignatius was on his way to Rome. He was the, uh, Ignatius was the bishop of Antioch. Okay. So on his way to Rome, Ignatius was quartered here by the Roman guards, stopped here. And Ignatius in the year 103 was martyred in Rome, but he stopped here on his way and spent time with Polycarp and, uh, uh, on his way. Amazing, huh? But this, this city holds a lot of history. I hope you found the book of Revelation by now. If you haven't, uh, forget it. Just listen, because if you haven't found it by now, you'll never find it, okay? It was the, it was the, it was the last book in the Bible, okay? <laughs> Chapter 2. <laughs> Chapter 2, verse, verse 8. And to the angel, again, to the leader to the person in charge, to the one who has power to change it, to the angel of the church in Smyrna, right? These things saith the first and the last who was dead and came to life. Of course, uh, Jesus is, is, is that one. These things says Jesus. I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. How in the world can you be poor but rich? <laughs> well, the Bible says that a man's wealth does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Our wealth, uh, basically, is what we carry in our life. You know, we carry nothing with us from this life to the next. And here, uh, Jesus is commending them. Of course, they are a persecuted church, but their commendation is that they are richer than they know. And I submit to each one of us that we are much richer than perhaps sometimes we realize. He says, and I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Oh, my goodness. He's telling them that uh, something difficult is coming. Of course it is. You know, this is, you know, uh, written in a time when Christianity is in such great disfavor. And uh, the church and Christians are being persecuted greatly. And they will be persecuted up until about the time of, of uh, you know, uh, the, the 300s when an Emperor Constantine comes on the scene. And Constantine, of course, uh, makes the whole Roman Empire convert to Christianity. And, uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, it, uh, things begin to change. Uh, Christianity becomes something popular and something that everybody wants to be. And his mother, uh, 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 Helena, goes all over, uh, you know, all over the world, but basically pretty much to, uh, to the land of Israel and says, oh, look, this is where Jesus died. Oh, look, this, I mean, if you go there today, you will visit churches that were nothing more than her pointing out and say, this is where that happened. This is where the Mount of Transfiguration happened. This, you know, these kinds of things. Uh, she was just very, very caught up in, in, um, in making sure that, uh, that these things were identified and preserved. And uh, some of those things, by the way, she pointed to the wrong place, but uh, we, we know that now from excavations, right? <laughs> okay. Um, he continues to say here, that, uh, let me start again in verse 10. But do not fear any of those things which are about you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days, a full and complete cycle. But be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Hold on a second. Do you mean Jesus expects me to be faithful unto death? You know, some of the things that we have recently heard, in fact, uh, many of you and some of you listening to the podcast and some of you, we have been busy in this past year uh, building some safe houses here in Turkey. 
Uh, last year, we built three houses here in Turkey along the coast in, in, in south-central south Turkey, right along the Mediterranean. For Christians who were, who were being forced out of Syria and being run out of Syria, not just run out, but uh, you know, losing life and limb. And some of them that we thought that we would uh, help to get out and help to recover actually have never been heard from again. One whole church of 85 people that we were hoping to help never reached the border. And uh, you know, that's been now uh, seven, eight months and none of them have heard from. You know, uh, I've, I've, I've seen videos uh, taken in secret inside where uh, Christians are, were just lined up and, and uh, killed in mass here in the last, just, uh, just the last few months. Uh, you know, uh, and one of the things that has happened with ISIS is that they, ha uh, they, they use Facebook to go onto Facebook and, uh, and see who is a Christian and who is saying that we are? We had a good time at church today in Syria and and some portions of Iraq, in north uh, eastern Syria and, uh, and and parts of northern Syria, and then they would take go from Facebook and go back down and find the person who said we had a good time at church today or that someone, they were connected from someone else in Canada or America or Germany that said we enjoyed visiting you or, you know, uh, anytime they could find a Christian, they would go there and they would not, uh, in the beginning, this was, this was uh, uh, last year and, and, and continuing, uh, uh, the reports that I get from, from our people there is that they would bring the parents out the Christian parents out of the house in Syria. They would bring the parents out and they would bring the little children and they would not say to the parents, deny Jesus or we will kill you. They would say, deny Jesus or we will kill your children. And all, everyone without fail, every report I have gotten, which have been multiple, multiple, I've been invited into some very secret places in this past year that I've never even told you guys about, uh, uh, to, to look at the files, to see the church leaders, to, to see pictures and to watch videos and to see things that, are, that, that have happened that are amazing. And not one report so far from these Christians, not from Catholics, which, uh, you know, uh, uh, Protestants, it did not matter. Not one has denied Jesus, and they have watched their children be murdered in front of them. They murder their children for one reason, and they leave the parents alive to say to everyone else in the community, they bring the whole community out, anyone else accept their way, anyone else become a Christian, and we will come back and do this to your children. It is, it is a, uh, a desire from ISIS to, uh, to rid the nation of anything other than radical Islamic uh, fundamentalism, okay? And uh, to destroy any hope of having a secular government. I don't mean a government void of, of, of any um, uh, morals. I mean a government that is not controlled by any one religion, so that does not become fundamentalist in that particular uh, uh, religious vein. And uh, ISIS is doing a good job. They give the parents uh, a, a chance to leave the country, you know, and uh, they want all the Christians to leave. I mean, uh, this is not just happening, by the way. Uh, there, you know, uh, recently on one Sunday morning, if you remember, uh, in, in, in Pakistan, uh, I got a phone call one Sunday morning. Three of our churches that we, that we, I mean, three of the pastors that I had just met with in Nepal last sep September, I met with these pastors in Nepal from Pakistan, from India, from Nepal. 
and uh, we, we had a pastor's conference, sent them back. Just on one Sunday here in the last few months, you remember I told you, please pray, because three of our pastors had their churches attacked. Uh, with with guns, with uh, with uh, um, um, radical uh, Islamic uh, fundamentalist, uh, killing people, you know, uh, and, and shooting people, and and blowing up the church. It's happening around the world, but it's it's not just happening in our generation, by the way. Okay, it 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 was happening here. It was happening all throughout the Roman Empire, and yes, God expects us today, or He expected Ignatius, He expected Polycarp. And he expected every one of the Christians here, okay, to uh, uh, be faithful unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. Listen, we are embarking on some very interesting days in our generation. What would you do if someone said, you must deny Jesus or we're going to kill your son, your daughter in front of you? Who would do something like this? Uh, it's happening around the world today. And God expects us to be faithful, to not deny. Verse 11, he who has an ear, if you can hear it, okay, not everyone does. But he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Wow, what a promise. A promise from God that the second death will not hurt you. You will, you know, whatever you experience in this life, the worst thing you experience in this life will be the worst thing you ever experience. Okay? Amen? Amen. Amen. So let me encourage you on this particular podcast, and we'll pray in just a moment. Let me encourage you to consider um, what price would you pay to see the gospel go forward? And uh, what uh, do you think it might cost in each generation for the gospel of Jesus Christ to uh, find its continuance. The church is one generation away from extinction. If we do not reproduce ourselves, the next generation will not have a church. It's important that we take our commission seriously, just as they were told, take their commission seriously. I'll tell you today, take your commission seriously. Take your faith in Jesus seriously, amen? Before we pray, anybody have any comments or, 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 or questions? When Paul was trying to, you were talking about that he didn't know what he was writing, that he was writing a letter. It's like, you know, when God reveals something to you or something is revealed to you in the Word of God, you need to take care of what that Word says to you because you don't know what you may be leaving for a generation when you, when you say something or write something of that kind that somebody looking backwards, what that may mean to them or what kind of hope or faith they, they may get from what you are writing or saying. When I read about Ignatius or about uh, Polycarp or I go to the places where people were martyred, you know, uh, uh, and the, the Colosseum in Rome, the big amphitheater in Rome, there was actually only one Christian that was, that was martyred there. Uh, uh, it, 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 it wasn't like they fed him to the lions there like you may see on television. But when I sit there and realize, uh, you know, the, the man I... Th I think, if, if my memory serves me, um, he was a, um, um, a, a priest and uh, he had a spear thrown through him because he, he uh, objected 
to some things that were going on and public objection, and he was ended up he was he was uh, killed, and uh, um, his name may have been Justin or, or something on that line. But uh, when, when I sit in places where people paid a dear price uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ, then it gives me such hope and strength. And you're right. Whenever we receive something from the Lord, our testimony. You know, Polycarp, uh, 103, um, excuse me, 156, 103 for Ignatius, we still think about them. We still think about the Apostle Paul. You know, uh, 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 several months ago, I was there at three fountains in, 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 um, in Rome. Uh, where the tradition says that Paul had his head cut off and it bounced three times. That's, that's why they call it three fountains there. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, um, you know, Peter was, uh, was martyred there. When we go to these places and realize that the gospel of Jesus Christ and the church of the living God, the seeds of the future are watered by the blood of the martyrs. It's not something we wish or we want, but neither is this something that we shrink from. As the apostle Paul said, uh, I know chains await me. But none of these things move me, you know, as he was down in Miletus, uh, down south of Ephesus, talking to the elders, you know, uh, he knew he was headed off and he hugged their necks. He said, you'll not see me anymore. This, this is the last time you're ever going to see me. He hugged their necks, said goodbye to them. And, you know, he's he's uh, for all practical purposes along about the, the year 67 or so, as best I can figure. He uh, he um, you know, wrote the, the book of Second Timothy and then wrote a letter. And then was martyred. Amazing. Anybody else? All right. Well, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to give us strength in our day. You know, the strength you may need is not, perhaps not to, um, you know, stand up against the sword or the gun or being beaten or put in prison. Uh, uh, but maybe, maybe the strength you need is, uh, you know, is just to bow your head and pray over your lunch at school. You know, or just to uh, uh, just to not take part in in some of the things that are going on around you, and letting your light shine in 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 a in a significant way, but perhaps a less a, a less dramatic way. But uh, what price are you willing to pay to see the gospel go forward? Well, let's pray. Father, we pray, sir, right now that you would help us, Lord, to realize that we are an important part in a plan, Lord, a piece of the puzzle that you're putting together, Lord, that we connect the dots, Lord. We connect people to people, generation to generation. And Lord, as we stand, Lord, in our day, Lord, this is our generation, our time, Lord. Many people stood in their time, Lord, reading the same words, Lord, and receiving the same inspiration, Lord, and the same admonition. We, Lord, stand in our day and hear what you're saying, Lord. Our ears are open, God. Lord, uh, we, uh, Lord, hope that we, Lord, and no one else would have to pay uh, any dear price for the gospel to go forward or, Lord, for the light to shine. But, God, uh, we choose every day to be faithful, Lord. God, give us strength to be faithful, Lord, that we might overcome, Lord, and that we, Father, Lord, might be pleasing to you in all things, God. And we pray for all of our brothers and sisters that are undergoing persecution today, Lord, all throughout this region here, Lord, that we are in, God, and Lord, uh, also all around the world, God, in different countries, God. We pray for every persecuted person, God. Lord, we ask your great grace upon 
them, Lord. Help us, Lord, to let our light shine and to help others, Lord, regardless of what religion, Lord, that they uh, are a part of. Help us, Lord, to have compassion on every persecuted person, Lord, and every persecuted people. Lord, to do our part, Lord, to plead the cause of the poor and the needy, to let our light shine, to feed those that are hungry, Lord, and God, to, to uh, give water to those who are thirsty, Lord. Certainly we do this in your name, Lord, but we don't only do it for those who claim your name. Even our enemies, God, we pray for. We ask you to bless them, sir, especially them, Lord, that they might see your light, Father, and have uh, their souls converted in the name of Jesus. Thanks, God. Amen. Amen. Well, beautiful day here. You know, I'm, I'm looking at some arches. I'm underground right now. We all are uh, on an under level that's been excavated. There was a part of the old uh, public arena called the Agora. Uh, not arena is not a good word. Marketplace, a place of gathering and such. And so, uh, you know, again, come go with us sometime. All right. Don't forget, cotr.com. God bless you. I'll see you on the next podcast.